Domcast. A uh, little different recording setup, so hopefully this sounds all right. Um, got a decent little microphone uh, for Christmas, so um, that's what we're recording on. Uh, that intro song was Carrie Underwood with The Champion, which was a song that I didn't know existed until I decided to uh, sit down and look for some music to bring us into the championship recap, uh, and that's what I come up with. So fitting that we have Carrie Underwood bringing us in to talk about the championship round. Um, first things first, let's talk about, um, we don't generally talk about other leagues, and I know it's a it's a point of contention within the league, you know, nobody cares about your other league, but I think it's time to change that stigma, um, because we maybe to some degree do care, I care, because um, it's just, you know, the more interest you take, obviously this needs to be your primary focus and if it's not you can get the step in um, but if you uh, if you're in another league and you fared well champion or whatever close to a champion congratulations um, I took home a championship in a 12-team league uh, had Camara and Tom Brady and thought I was riding high um, I went into Monday night needing five points from Tyler Bass believe it or not so uh, I was able to get that dub take home a little bit of cash and uh you know, four years in that league, four finals, two titles. Um, I know it's not the Dom League. I know you guys uh, will probably say, go fuck yourself. But guess what? I just needed to get it out there. And I, I truly mean that if you did well in another league, congratulations. Uh, turning our attention to what really matters, um, the Domination League. This is the final week. And uh, we're going to get to the main event uh, here momentarily. But I guess we'll clean up the consolation bracket uh, in the battle for, you know, this is the worst, uh, set, what is it, third place technically, battle for the seventh pick, um, it was Fly Miami Bro 22 and Evan's team, and that was Ethan and Jeff. Jeff took home the victory, uh, 161.30 to 141.92. Uh, notable, notable performances in this game, in this matchup, 43.2 from Devontae Adams. Um, Jeff had 40.1 from Mike Evans, so both guys got uh, big-time production uh, from at least one player. Jeff also had 23.7 from Adam Thielen, 15.7 uh, from Hayden Hurst uh, against Ethan, which is kind of a uh, heartbreaking situation considering how long Ethan hung on to and relied on Hayden Hurst this year. Ethan was let down, um, you know, namely by Josh Jacobs, a 6.9 effort on that uh, Friday or Saturday and, um, you know, Robert Woods a little below average, Tyree Kill. You know, 10.5 isn't a total disappointment, but it is definitely below where he was projected in that game where you thought they might take the top off Atlanta all day long. Uh, but Jeff gets the victory. Um, 
he gets the choice of seventh or eighth pick, whichever he prefers. Ethan will just have, uh, you know, the other of the options. So exactly where you don't want to be, um, but both, uh, I guess, Jeff's our third place finisher for the year. So congrats on the bronze. Uh, you know, that's really great. Then let's talk about the battle for ninth and tenth. We'll go to um, this was. Brian Brovi won Kenobi, which I'm just now looking at, and Toby's Grundle, which is Heath. Brian took home the victory, 124 to 117, in a low-scoring affair, uh, which both teams had zeros: a zero by Corey Davis and a zero by Youngway Koo. Um, notable performances: Deshaun Watson with 26.76, Juju with 24.6. Uh, both of those on Brovi's side, on Heath's side. A uh, nice little stream of Mitch Trubisky with 23.6, and then Brandon Cooks with a really good game, 28.10. Um, Leonard Fournette, 15.6. I guess we'll call that notable. A little bit over his projection, but really actually a kind of a good game there. Uh, mopping up duty there for Tampa Bay. Um, just funny to see where we're at in Week 16, names on these rosters. I mean, uh, for Brian, he had Dare Agumbawale in the flex. Um he started Leonard Fournette and Le'Veon Bell, two guys that uh, name value is great, but fantasy-wise, if you look at them, they're probably like running back, you know, 80 on the season. Now, maybe not that high. Running back's not that deep, but, you know, probably in the running back like 50s. Um, so that's where we're at. Brian, uh, again, will he would have the choice, I guess, but realistically he's going to pick third. Heath will pick fourth. Um, this is all tentative. I may miss under misunderstand or misinterpret something now this was our you know before we get to the championship final this is the battle for seventh place overall the number one pick and this game was a barn burner and evan how do you like me now came out on top of get taylor swifty uh by not even a whole point 142.44 to 141.80 um, a really good game it's just a shame it was for seventh place uh, let's see, big-time performances. Travis Kelsey did his thing, as usual, with 22.8. CeeDee Lamb, uh, a great game there, a 24.4. A um, little disappointed in Matt Prater, only getting one point, but whenever you're playing with Chase, the GOAT backup of all time, Daniel, uh, you don't necessarily need to score a bunch of points um, because you're probably already getting your ass kicked. Um, last night, disappointment from Cole Beasley, but apparently it was enough to get the job done. Um, on Jake's side, Deontay Johnson with a really good game. Jamison Crowder, I watched that because that was something that I was dealing with in that other league. And when he threw that touchdown, I was like, motherfucker, this is this is exactly how this would go. Like, Jamison Crowder is a solid player, um, you know, and actually pretty decent for PPR fantasy. But when he's throwing touchdowns, you know you're in trouble. Uh, he put up nearly 30 points. Jonathan Taylor was good yet again with uh, two rushing touchdowns. Uh, George Kittle, it was really nice. It actually was really fun to see Kittle back on, out on the field in a game that really didn't matter for them. Uh, they did get the victory and knock Arizona's playoff chances um, further back than they are uh, or were. Uh, Melvin Gordon was a disappointment. Uh, 79 rushing yards isn't bad, but you know Chargers up the middle have been pretty bad all year. Uh, so Evan gets the victory. He'll pick number one overall. He'll be in the... Uh, CMC sweepstakes if he chooses to go that way way um, the plan would be I guess uh, to talk about some of these upcoming uh, draft 
you know, position battles and ranks. Um, I plan on doing that. Whether someone wants to hop on here and discuss with me, that would be kind of sweet throughout the next, you know, seven or eight or nine months or whatever it ends up being, just kind of to keep this going, give people something to listen to. I know most of you probably don't really care, but it's fun to do. And I got this nice new microphone, and Stacy would be very angry if uh, Santa's gift didn't get the use that it was paid for. All right, so now we're on to the main event, and it was a Christmas present, better than anything that Santa could have got when she was three or four years old. It was the gift of Alvin Kamara and his 57.2 points. Um, Stacy, the Cupcake Queen, is our champion. The first female champion and only female champion of the Domination League. Um, it was great, crazy because no matter what happened in this game, we would have had our first female champion. Uh, bar on the losing end with 142.90 hide-and-seek. I will say this, Bar. Uh, Josh Allen's big game, 32.3 points, narrowly kept Bar from getting a name change going into next year. Um, just just ever so slightly misses the 50-point threshold. Um, well, let's go down through this player by player. Um, Quarterback-wise, Stacy went with Aaron Rodgers. Um, she had Tom Brady on the bench, and obviously Tom Brady had a really good game on Saturday. Uh, Rodgers Sunday night with a really solid game as well, four touchdowns, 25.14 points. Uh, but that paled in comparison to Josh Allen last night where he just put on a clinic. Uh, Rodgers is the NFL MVP, but Josh Allen might be the most fun player uh, that plays quarterback, I should say, uh, going out there right now. Um, four passing touchdowns, 320 yards, adds 35 yards on the ground. Uh, just a fun player to watch, and obviously him and Diggs have uh, developed a lethal connection. Wide receivers for Stacy Cooper Cup, 8 for 66, 14.6 points. Not bad, uh, right in that range of his projection. Allen Robinson, 10 catches for 103. It would have been nice to see him catch a touchdown. Um, 20.3 fantasy points, though. That's, that's solid. You'll take that. Brandon Ayuk. Uh, was a disappointment. Stacy had um, only two players in single digits and only one player under nine points, and that was Brandon Ayuk, who had uh, one catch for 15 yards and then 16 rushing yards. Um, so not the best Brandon Ayuk game, but it was enough to... It wasn't a zero. Um, you're not happy with 4.1 points, but it is better than a zero. Uh, she made up for those points. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's go to Bar wide receivers. Uh, New Hopkins, 8 for 48. Uh, you don't love that yardage. Eight catches is great. That's a free eight points. Um, but 48 receiving yards, no touchdowns, not like game-breaking by any means. And that's where DeAndre Hopkins excels is making those game-breaking plays. So disappointing for Hopkins. Chris Godwin, however, with a really good game, a great touchdown catch um, on, I believe it was, Brady's. No, he threw one to Antonio Brown after. So it was the third touchdown of the day. Uh, Godwin made the play, stretched out, grabbed it with one hand, and pulled it in. He had... Uh, Five for 84 to go along with that touchdown. Marvin Jones, um, three for 19. Those were Staffordless after Stafford was injured on the first drive. So 4.9 from Marvin Jones. It's the same thing I said for Ayuk. Obviously, you hope for better, but at least it's not a zero. All things considered, playing with Chase Daniel. Um, going to running backs now. Alvin Kamara, obviously, the big six touchdown game, 155 yards, three catches for 17 yards. Um, could have had a seven touchdown. They gave it to Taysom Hill, I guess. Uh, the rumor going around is that Taysom also needed one more touchdown to reach whatever threshold he needs to get some kind of bonus within his contract. So Sean Payton was getting his guys paid, uh, so you can't hate on him for that. 
but as a Camaro owner myself, you wanted that seventh touchdown. Uh, but you'll you'll take six. I mean, 57.2, you'll take that. Um, and then David Montgomery was uh, 26 for 95 and a touchdown. Um, not the best statistical day for Montgomery because you figure out the yards per carry there. It's not, not great. Um, but Montgomery was good. The touchdown helped and 20.1 fantasy points. You definitely won't complain about that. David Johnson, this was another one where I was uh, I was going against David Johnson as well. And he had, uh, it was back-to-back -back drives where he ripped off big runs. At one point, he had like 9 or 10 carries for 115 or 117 yards. Um, caught a touchdown and also ran a long touchdown in as well. 29.9 points for David Johnson, who was very solid on the year. If you consume any other fantasy content, you realize that he was an RB2 um, or maybe slightly better most weeks. Um, only one really outside the top 24 week. I kind of trashed on Barr for his um, lack of solid running backs, and I, uh, I'll take that one. I, I was missing on David Johnson, and I guess maybe it's because I didn't um, – pay enough attention to him because I didn't own him anywhere and I didn't I just didn't believe in what we saw the past couple of years I thought that he'd kind of been washed so I'll, I'll, I'll take that one hand up I missed on David Johnson uh, so good for you Barr um, and then Ezekiel Elliott 17.9 points actually much better than anybody anticipated as they kind of beat up on Philly and uh, Zeke went for 105 on the ground 4 for 34 through the air um, and a good game for Zeke tight end Darren Waller tight end 2 on the year 5 for 112 16.2 points um, Darren Waller definitely uh, climbing the ranks of the tight end. You're gonna obviously next year you're you're gonna want to draft Kelsey as tight end one. Uh, I would say Kittle's still probably tight end two, and then the debate starts. You know Andrews and you know Darren Waller and maybe uh, Robert Tunyon fits into that mold there somewhere, uh, as well as other guys obviously. But we'll get to that point. Bar um, play I guess streamed played whatever. Zach Ertz, uh, Hunter Henry was COVID IR. And he decided against playing Ebron, which, let's take a look at the bench. I didn't even look to see how Ebron did. Uh, yeah, it would have been better if you played Ebron. 15.7 from Eric Ebron. So, uh, a miss there. Wouldn't have changed the game by a whole lot. But, um, you know, Zach Ertz has been pretty bad all year. Not somebody I would have been looking for. I would have been looking for a little more upside than name value when you're talking about Zach Ertz. Uh, flex position. Stacy initially going with Keenan Allen. Um, as it got closer to time and his status was uncertain, she was looking at her other options. She had Judy on the roster. There was the Chargers receivers out there to stream. And uh, kind of out of nowhere, I looked, and she had Austin Hooper in the flex. And turns out, with no wide receivers, Austin Hooper went 7 for 71. Could have had a bigger game. I believe he had three drops, one of which was a touchdown. Um, so definitely could have been over 20 points, but Austin Hooper with 14.14. Kiki QT. Um, in a kind of a shootout, a low-key shootout, a 37-31 loss for the Texans, uh, Kiki was 5 for 54, 10.4 points. Uh, the kickers were both solid, Justin Tucker with 9, Tyler Bass with 8, and uh, the defenses, one was solid and one was not, um, Tampa Bay with 12, and the Indy defense with 0. An interesting note on that, I believe, and I could be wrong, that Barr played Indy going way back maybe even to week one, maybe not week one, but for the majority of the season, Barr stuck with Indy. Um, and they were a good defense, especially early on. But as the weeks have progressed here over the last, and I, I mean, obviously he made it to the finals, but Indy's allowed points. Now, maybe they've been getting the quarterback and getting some sacks or some turnovers or something, you know. I know Kenny Moore, the safety, has been playing out of his mind. He had a sack uh, of Ben. And, you know, they, they do create turnovers. Darius Leonard obviously plays well. They got some guys up front, Buckner. Um, but they're not necessarily known for their takeaways, so 
Uh, I guess good on you, Bar, for not wavering whenever things got bad. Uh, unfortunately, zero points this week uh, hurt you. But again, probably, you know, even a 10-point outing doesn't change much. So we're talking about uh, a champion has been crowned. It is the Cupcake Queen. And um, hopefully the plan would be to return to this episode before it's published and have a little sit down for a couple minutes with Stacy and get her thoughts on uh, where she where she is mentally with this victory. How how uh, you know it was kind of a and I and I'll ask her about this, but it, it was so easy because when you get a 57 points head start, um, it kind of takes away that stress. You know, obviously things can happen, but you knew it was going to take a lot for a comeback, and uh, obviously that's what happened. So. She put that thing away early and kept uh, kept putting it on. And like I said, when you have, you know, Barr has one, two, three, four players under 10 points, and then Kiki QT with 10.4. Stacey has two, one of which is nine, but then her next lowest scoring player is 14.1. You know, so uh, very solid all-around effort. As we've said all year, it was the best team. Um, it's tried and true that the best team won this year and hopefully here coming up we will talk to Stacy about that uh, if we do not talk to Stacy about that and this ends up getting published you know because she's at work right now and I'm uh, working from home you know how that goes um, actually it's 3.50 in the afternoon so technically I've put my time in uh, I accomplished uh, virtually nothing um, but if we don't get to have her on we will uh, come back and try to talk about uh, each team's MVPs. I plan on doing that, go through each team's MVP, what I think, um, and then we can have discussion on that. Uh, hopefully, everybody had a good Christmas, and um, if you have big holiday plans here coming up this week for New Year's. By the way, New Year's Day, okay? And I'd love to know everybody's opinion on New Year's Day. I hate it. I think it's the worst day of the year. By far, the top three least eventful days of the calendar year is January 1st. Um, and, and with the way things are right now, you know, every day is kind of boring, but I anticipate January 1st, even with all the good football on. Now, it is the college football semifinals this year, um, so that's pretty cool. That'll that'll help. Um, but, yeah, nothing nothing really excites me about January 1st. Uh, anyhow, we'll be back with Stacy here before too long, and hopefully you guys enjoy that interview. All right, Dom League, welcome back. Uh, I told you we'd get back to an interview with the champ, and it is now 9 o'clock on a Wednesday night. Our hellion has finally given in to sleep. If anything is, uh, you know, if she's anything like her normal self, she'll be waking back up here in three to four hours and coming to get her mom to go lay down again, and then in 20 minutes to two hours, she'll be coming to get me to ask for milk uh, <laughs> and to turn on her TV. She'll um, be awake for the night anywhere between 5 and 6.30, uh, and then she'll just be up. So uh, without further ado, I sit here with the champion, Stacy, the Cupcake Queen. Hello, hello. I, see, I pulled it off. Um, you know, I'm sure most people didn't think this we would get this far, but we did. Um, and Stace has pulled in her first Domination League championship. Um, just real quickly, how did that, how did you feel... Um, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, and obviously you haven't heard that yet, uh, that after Kamara's big day on Christmas, it was kind of in the bag. So 
was it any different than a normal week because you had such a big lead? Were you comfortable? How how was it, you know, going game by game? How'd you feel? Uh, this week I surprisingly was very comfortable after Kamara's game. Obviously there's always a chance that something could go wrong, but I didn't really feel stressed about it or worried about it. Uh, I feel like I kind of forgot about some of, some of the games at times, so... Well, and you didn't really need to worry about it. Um, I'm trying to think. Saturday uh, of the three games, I know you had Ayuk in that San Francisco game. Um, and also, I guess you could, if you use Kenyon Drake or Tom Brady, they both played on Saturday. Um, but you didn't do that. Did you have, and I know that you didn't necessarily pay full attention because we had some stuff going on on Saturday, but um, you knew that I had Tom Brady and we talked about that because I was happy that he was lightening up. Did you feel any um, pressure? Like, I really hope Aaron Rodgers performs at least decently and I won't regret leaving Tom Brady and his 30 points on the bench? Yeah, that did cross my mind because I think that actually happened um, a couple times this season, or at least since I've had both on my roster. Um, but again, with such a big lead out on the first night, I wasn't too concerned, but it definitely was a thought in the back of my head because especially whenever someone plays early and they do really well, and you obviously will kick yourself whether it's a good turnout or not. Right, that's why Thursday games suck. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it makes it difficult to make those decisions when you have to worry about uh, either starting out in a hole or obviously you'd love to start in a 20 to 30 to 50 point lead, but you can't guarantee that. And if it goes the other way and they get three points, well, now you're kicking yourself for playing somebody. So... Um, looking back at the season as a whole, uh, obviously you finished the regular season in first place. Uh, you finished in first place um, at least going into the postseason. I don't know if these points are accurate representation of the playoffs as well, but you had the highest point total going into the playoffs. And obviously with the scores that you've put up the last two weeks, I'm assuming it stayed the same. Um, you were, as far as points against, uh, points against in the regular season, you were also the fewest points against. However, that isn't an uh, indication of how good your team was because there's a 200 and, oh, I don't know, I'm not great at math, obviously, over 200 points of separation, uh, I want to say 270, um, in separation between your points for and points against. So um, you obviously were, were, you know, beating people and beating them handily. Uh, I know in the group th thread it was mentioned how you only had two weeks under 120. Um, you know, uh, what, looking back at the season as a whole, um, what do you think the strongest parts of your team were? Because you didn't make that many moves. I'm looking here, you had 24 moves made, um, which tied you for the second fewest in the league. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely probably think my wide receivers were the most consistent. Um, I guess if you actually go back and look, it's probably wrong. But in just thinking back, I feel like... Well, I you never had to worry about who to play. It was right, you, yeah. lo you pretty much week to week, it was that you locked in Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, and Cooper Cup. Um, on occasion, you would flex somebody else. I remember, I remember the week specifically that you flexed Jerry Judy, and he had his best game of the year. Um, whereas running back, the three got, your three main people were Alvin Kamara, who you started every week, but there was a period of time where he was down. Um, and then you had David Montgomery and Kenyon Drake, which Drake dealt with injuries and um, gave up some touches to 
uh, Chase Edmonds and really wasn't involved in the passing game that much. And then David Montgomery was not – he was a solid floor, especially after the first couple weeks. Um, but the last the last six weeks or five weeks, he he's he's the reason you won the league, in my opinion. He, he is obviously uh, – really stepped up his game and the Bears are back in the playoff hunt. A um, couple questions about the roster throughout the year, just questions that I, I never wanted to really bring up to you um, personally, you know, on whenever we're talking our lineups out and, and stuff like that. Um, how was it a difficult decision on a week-to-week basis to bench uh, Rodgers or Brady? Like, uh, if I remember correctly, after you picked up Rodgers after week one, you pretty much played him every week, but maybe obviously it's bye week you didn't play him and then one other week, but you never had to worry about another quarterback. So was it tough back and forth, or were you just locked in with Aaron Rodgers? In the beginning, I was definitely locked in with Aaron Rodgers. Brady was still not doing that well with the Bucks. Um, then towards the middle of the season, I felt like he has to be turning around. He's got to do well. I think one, the one week I actually did play him and he got me under 10 points. I can't remember exactly, but I think he got very few points. Um, and then from there I was kind of set on, I just need to stick with Rodgers, he's very consistent. Um, he did have a low week as well, I think too, but he was way more consistent with Brady and the new team. Um, I, I didn't feel as comfortable, but obviously there towards the end, um, he was finding it better. and and. Brady too was having those consistent scores, but Roger just felt like the the safer safer absolutely. Safer and I, I just choice. briefly looked back at both of their uh, seasons uh, fantasy wise, and uh, Rogers had a three point eight game back in week six, and that was actually against Tampa and Tom Brady, and they lost that game. Um, Brady had a two point eight game back in I don't know what week it is without pulling it back up, um, but other than that, uh, Aaron Rodgers was yes the absolute model of consistency. Um, with Al, don't notwithstanding the three-point game, he only had two other games under 20 points, and actually under 21 um, points in those games. So, definitely very consistent. That obviously made that easy. Um, late in the season, you uh, you had dealt with Brandon Ayuk after uh, picking him up off waivers, and then doing the uh, dealing with his COVID. He was on COVID IR for a couple weeks. He's a guy that at the end of the year you put him in the flex. Um, and he was paying off for you. He was the low man in the championship week. Um, did you have any, I guess we talked about because Keenan Allen was out, um, but at any point did you think maybe not of playing Brandon Ayuk, or was he pretty much locked in this last week? No, he definitely was locked in. Um, it obviously stinks that he was a Saturday game compared to the rest. You know, one of those essentially a Thursday night game that mm-hmm. you're locked in, you're stuck. You, and then to look at your scores and say, oh, I only got four out of him, it just really makes you concerned. But when he was in this whole season, he's only had a handful of games that were under par performance. Yeah. You know, the, the weeks 13, 14, 15, 20-plus points each. You yeah. can't and that's, that I mean, on my bench on that a was, championship. Exactly. That was last week of the regular season, 21 Obviously, you had a bye in week 14, but he put up 21. And then in the semifinals, he put up 22.3. Um, and even in week 10, uh, he had 19.7. Um, and lo- looking back at the weeks, like back in weeks, um, you know, obviously week one, he wasn't great. Week two, wasn't great. Actually, week one, he didn't play. 
Um, but yeah, he had a 7.4 game against Philly in Week Four, and a, uh, or I'm sorry, against Miami in Week Five, and a 9.2 game in Week Six against the Rams. But those are okay games for where he was considered. Like nobody thought he was a wide receiver two, which is what he was at the end of the year, if not wide receiver one. So definitely uh, someone that you keep your eye on next next season. Last question about this week and lineup questions. Um, the decision to play Austin Hooper in the flex, I know I mentioned in the previous segment that uh, you knew Keenan Allen was possibly going to miss and that you had to do something else. What led you to like to, to put Austin Hooper in there? Because I know it was discussed amongst us, but you, did, you just made that decision out of nowhere, kind of. Yeah, um... I'm always going back and forth with my tight ends. For some reason, I felt like I had to keep Hooper this year. Um, I tried to think of any way to plop him in there when I could, but he obviously just didn't perform anywhere near what he should. Right. He was. He had some games in the early middle part of the season that were solid. Then he dealt with some injuries, um, and then uh, week 15 and 16 he had good weeks, but obviously he didn't. You, you don't know where to play him. The good thing was you had Darren Waller and you didn't have to worry about Austin Hooper. Right. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, it was someone that you, you kept on your team for the majority of the season. But once you had said that Allen was most likely going to be out and then it showed up that it was confirmed, um, I heard you talk in your little podcast mention about Cleveland's wide receivers. Being yeah, out to COVID, yep. So that, that had a lot to do with it also. Um you know, Tony Pollard had a good good game the week before due to Zeke being out, but you know, the chances of that happening again, especially right. if Zeke's back and in. And Zeke played and played decent. So then my only other choice I think at that time was Judy. Correct? Yeah, he was the only person available still at the Drake same time. Had yeah. Played. And I just Judy is just he's had he had a random few good games here and there, but nothing Judy, um, and I'm not, I, I don't have his numbers right in front of me now, but I, from watching different, you know, sports shows talking about the games this weekend, Judy had, an, oh, like, he scored, I think he had a couple catches. He had five legitimate drops, so you'd have been mad if you were relying on him and then watching him just, like, drop the ball time after time, although Austin Hooper kind of did too. Um, last thing here, um, do you have anything to say? to your victim, Chris Barr, and or anyone else in the league um, that has talked down to you in the past, maybe, <laughs> Jeff, um, or anybody that may have doubted your fantasy abilities. Um, I, I really do, uh, you know, people, and it's a joke, um, and I'm sure some people believe it to some degree, that you have me to help you with your decisions and such. I can, I can say on record right now with you sitting here beside me, and you can agree with because you would know, this is probably the least I have ever even talked about this stuff with you. And I think part of it is because we've got a two-and-a-half-year-old that, you know, we don't have the time to, to, to communicate over that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, I don't think – I think we've gotten to the point where you don't either need to help me as much or, like you said, we just don't have the time. We but definitely talk about it. It's not that it's not – I mean, you live with someone that you both play fantasy right. football. You're going to talk about it, but it's not like – hey, I think you need to play this person, or hey, no, that doesn't come up. Like, if anything comes up, it's more of like, I'll, I'll just say, like, 
hey, I heard on such and such that so-and-so has a bad matchup this week, you know, maybe look into that. But well, when we're plus, talking about waivers, you're sleeping in her bed on Tuesday night, and I'm not going to wake you up to make, have you make waiver claims. So you've either made them or not, or you'll get them in the morning. Well, when you're top of the pack the whole time, you <laughs> don't really true. get chance at waivers. So. <laughs> um, but in, I do catch a few things here and there with your podcast that you listen to, but for the most part, I just kind of went with the numbers that that were projected and, and prior performances and just kind of with my gut feeling. I felt like I had a few good gut feeling choices that yeah. worked out for me. I can tell you, hands down, when you played Jerry Judy, that, that I specifically remember, and I think he only played him once, and he had his best game of the year. And the Titans guy, too. Oh, yeah, Adam Humphreys. That was against me. You lost that week. But he still did well. Um, so, yeah, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention here, because we brought this up, and then we are going to end this thing, but uh, Stacy had four losses on the year, but only to two people. She lost twice to me, and unfortunately she lost twice to DJ. But everybody else, she took out with ease. So there's very few people that can even say anything in the negative direction towards the champ. Bar, I'm sure you won't listen to this, but if you do, you did have quite a fight in you. It wasn't quite as bad as it could have been. But <laughs> he snuck in that 50-point threshold. Thanks for hanging in there with me. Everyone else, thanks for keeping me along. And as always, Jeff, fuck you. And on that note, I don't think there's anything else to be said because I think we can all agree with that sentiment. So until the next time, this was the 2020 Championship Recap. And, uh, you know, Happy New Year.